Vineyard Westside welcomes everyone. It doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. Come as you are, because we believe that love wins, period. Hello, hello, howdy. Hey, good morning. That was a tasty round of worship. <laughs> oh my gosh, thank you, worship team. Thank you for, I just, it was just fun to stand in the back and watch all of you and just, man, that's some good stuff. Hey, thanks for coming. Thanks for being here today. My name's Ryan. If we haven't met before, um, it's good to see you. We're going to invite our ushers to come forward and uh, do a time of offering together. If you would pray with me for that, that'd be great. God, we just thank you for a time of worship, being able to uh, center ourselves on the truth of who you are, that you are you're all-powerful. You're incredible. You're astonishing. Lord, my heart breaks for the people who don't know that about you. The people who don't know the way that you feel about them. I pray that you would move in a powerful way where they would know that they know that they know who you are. how you feel, the places you're willing to go to rescue us. We just say, come Holy Spirit. We want to hear from you. We want to see you. We want to experience your presence. We want your fingerprints all over the place. We give you this offering uh, just as a means of ammunition for your kingdom. Praise you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Man, oh man. All right, let's jump into it. Today, um, I want to talk about a topic of what it means to win the war in your mind. Winning the war that's in your mind. There's a battle that is going on in your brain all the time. It's a battlefield up there. I have constant thought battles. Uh, if I can just be um, just transparent with you. Um, so here's what my process would typically involve putting together a message that I'm giving to you on a Sunday morning. So throughout the week, it will be thoughts such as, no, you can't talk about that again. You just talked about that just a couple months ago. You're gonna, every, they're, they're gonna think that you're teaching on the same thing. Well, are you even making a difference? Because you keep talking to people who are dealing with the same old stuff and then you tried to talk about it and it, it didn't seem like it, it helped anybody. Um, are you even supposed to be doing this job? Is there somebody better that could be doing it? Um, no, it's, it's you. You're supposed to be doing it. You were called by God to do this, 
and you're, you're good at it, you know what you're doing, you've been helping people. Yeah, but have I really though? And going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. You guys ever have any of those? Those wars going on in your mind? It's a thought battle that is ongoing. I have this battle between extreme faith and then all of a sudden I find myself in fear. I'm in this place where I want to trust God completely and give him everything. And then I notice, well, I also kind of want to be in control and not leave it up to chance. I have confidence in my calling. And then I have crippling insecurity that paralyzes me. Most of life's battles are won or lost in your mind. Most of them are won or lost in your mind. The good news is that God's word has actual power to it. His word, what is written in scripture. His word has actual power to it, not just to help you or, or make you feel better. It has power to actually transform your mind and transform your life. It can renew your mind with truth. The truth can chemically alter your brain. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, it says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons that we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. To demolish strongholds. I believe that every single one of us in this room either currently has a stronghold over our life or we have dealt with them before. Some of us have demolished them with the power of God and with the truth of his word. Some of us have demolished them and then found them being built back up again a few years later. And we need to go after it again. Some of us have no idea what I'm talking about right now. And that's okay. Today I want to talk about strongholds. Strongholds in Scripture, he says, the things that we're fighting with, this battle that's going on, this war that is waged in our minds, is not a battle that can be won with guns or knives or swords or anything. It's a battle that is waged with a different kind of weapon. These divine weapons have the power to demolish strongholds. Our word is strongholds in English. The original translation is a word, ochoruma. <laughs> ochoruma is just a Greek term for the phrase military stronghold. A military stronghold would be a fortress that is built, a lot of times it's built at the highest point on a, in a city, a city that is at war. And this would be uh, 
this would be the safe space. And so you're going to have your areas that you go out into the battlefield, but you need to have a stronghold that can withstand any attack from the enemy. And so these strongholds would be reinforced with walls made of stone and brick. And a lot of times they would be up to 20 feet thick. And so if somebody is, is uh, you know, they're launching missiles, they're launching, there are strongholds all over the place today. Even uh, in the White House, there's a military stronghold below it. There's military strongholds that are designed to keep the enemy away. The weird thing is, the enemy knows all about strongholds and he builds them himself. And so the way that he works, Satan, is he comes in and what does he do to us? He finds a way to try to build a safe place within you of garbage and lies and deceit and starts to shape your thinking one thought at a time and build this prison of lies 20 feet thick, block by block by block. And if he repeats the same thing again and again and again, it gets stronger, it gets tougher, and it gets harder and harder to break through. Some of you have a stronghold over your life that will not allow a move of God to take place because you've been agreeing with the enemy for such a long time. It might be something for you like you can't really trust anyone. Everyone eventually will screw you over. And you maybe have said it again, you can't really trust anybody. I can't really trust anybody. Can't really trust anybody. For me, when I was growing up, um, I made a decision that I didn't want to be poor anymore. And I felt like uh, I was dealt a bad hand at life. And so somewhere along the way, this thought came into my head where I said, well, you know what? No one else is going to look out for me, so I have to. And I'm going to do anything I have to do to not be poor again. And I started stealing. And it, it was okay in my head. It was okay. Because this thing replayed again and again and again saying, you know, you, you were dealt a bad hand. This is just you kind of evening things out. You're writing the scales. You're not going to succeed any other way. You'll always be broke. And each one of these little things was brick by brick building a stronghold in my life. You might have one that repeats and says you're never going to have a good marriage. You might have one that repeats and says you're always going to be alone. God doesn't hear my prayers or God doesn't care about me. Nothing I do is ever going to make any difference or I'm never going to amount to anything great, so why even try these little things? I talked with a lady a couple weeks ago here at church and it just it just broke my heart because she she came up for prayer and just said she wants a relationship with God. That's why she's here. But she is so depressed and she's so um, just struggling. And all she wants is this relationship with God. And she, she can't hear from him. 
and she can't see him, and she doesn't feel him, and she doesn't know what she's doing wrong, and, and these things, and it just broke my heart, and I just prayed for the last couple weeks, just, it kept popping into my head, just that that could be one of those things of repeating again and again, well, I don't hear from God. I don't feel him the way other people do. Then it leads to other things, like maybe he's not even real. Maybe it's all just a, a lie. Further in 2 Corinthians 10, Paul says, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. This is one of my favorite things in the world. The idea of taking a thought, whatever one pops in, could be the enemy speaking to you, that you're going to take that thought captive and you're going to make it obey Christ. You're going to weigh it against the truth of Scripture and say, does this line up with what God says? Because if it doesn't, I'm going to make it obey what Jesus says. I love this idea also because science and the Bible agree on this thing completely. I'm a, a big fan of, um, you know, science continually be, being proven uh, alongside of Scripture, that this idea that these two things are at war with each other, it's kind of a ridiculous thing. Um, a lot of things that are, that are spelled out throughout Scripture um, a few thousand years later, we get a scientific answer for why that happens. But those of us who are kind of in the know, like, yeah, that's the way God, God made those butterflies that color. Yeah. Mimicry in nature. Yes. Uh, the symbiotic relationship between a, a clownfish and an anemone. Uh, God did that. He's cool. He does cool stuff. But science and the Bible agree on this idea of taking thoughts captive and actually being able to change the makeup of your brain. Cognitive behavioral psychology shows that issues you have in relationships, problems you have in relationships, uh, many eating disorders, many addictions, and many of the forms of anxiety are a direct result of toxic thinking. That they're a direct result of toxic thinking. Doesn't mean that all of them are, but many of them are. That our lives, I think we have this one up on the screen. This is a, this is a take-home one, I think. Our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. Proverbs chapter 23 says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. As he thinks in his heart, so is he. Anybody else remember Saturday Night Live skit Stuart Smalley? Yeah. Daily affirmations with Stuart Smalley. And he would look in the mirror, and it was just always him giving affirmations to himself, and he would say, I'm good enough. 
<laughs> I'm smart enough and doggone it people like me. I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and doggone it people like me. And he would just repeat it in the mirror. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. The life that we have is a reflection of the thoughts that we think. If you think you can't, you probably won't. Like, if you think you can, you probably will. If you are a person who dwells on your problems, like a pro problems happen all day, every day. If you are ever thinking like, why is this happening to me? I'm having a problem. Welcome to earth. <laughs> fallen, fallen earth, by the way. We're not in Eden anymore. Problems are going to come every day. Are you one of the people who dwells on the problems and let them overwhelm you? Or are you a person who immediately starts looking for solutions? If you look for solutions, guess what? You'll find some. They'll just show up. Are you a person who feels like a victim? You're going to be one. Or are you somebody who believes that you can overcome anything with, with Christ? Then you will. The life that you have is a reflection of the thoughts that you think. Let's look at this. Let's do a quick thought audit. A thought audit. What kind of thoughts do you have? Do we have this, uh, this little... Yeah, here we go. So where are you on this? Are you more on the worried end or the peaceful end? More on the negative end or the positive end? What number would you give yourself here? Are you more worldly or eternal? Are you a worried person who finds themselves thinking about stuff like, what do people think of me? What do people think of me? What are they saying about me? What are the kids gonna, um, are, are the kids gonna like me? What's my future, what is my future gonna be like? Am I gonna have enough money? Are you constantly worried about things? Are you worried about your job and your health? And, or are you more on the peaceful end where you're secure in God's promises? Where you are a person who knows, I'm going to do what I can to the best of my ability, and I'm going to trust that God's going to fill in the blanks, <laughs> that he's going to make a way for the rest of it. Are you a negative person who's critical of other people all the time? You find faults in people, you find faults in every plan that comes up. Uh, what do you think about us going to dinner over here? Uh, that place is, uh, I hate this. Are you discontent with everything? <laughs> do you always say things are hard? Like, eh, that's too hard. Do you always say you're too busy? Or are you more on the positive side of it where you're a person who believes the best in people? Like, do I give people the benefit of the doubt? Are you a person who says life is good? Do you have an optimistic future? Are you more on the worldly side of the scale where your mind is kind of consumed in this life, that it's about material possessions? I got to get mine. Or you're worried about 
whether or not you're liked by people in the worldly part is, ah, oh, man, why did she get 19 likes on Instagram? I only got two for my mom and my dog. Or are you more on the eternal side of it, thinking about what are the, the, what are the gifts that I've been given that I can give away to the world? How can I reach people for Christ? What, not, not what is my job, what is my calling that God has placed on me? Am I going to meet people in heaven someday that walk up to me and say, I don't know if you remember me, but the whole reason I'm here today is because of you. The stuff that comes into your mind is what ends up coming out in your life. You can't have a positive life if you have a negative mind. This message feels like, like if you don't like, if you don't like some, I'm a, I'm a person who, I know not everybody is this way, but I get to a place all the time where I go, I don't like me all the way right now. Like, I'm not a hundred percent fan of me. I don't like certain things that are happening or the way I'm reacting to certain things, certain things I'm saying, things I'm thinking. And so I have to change my thinking. How the heck do I do that? How do you do that? Number one, the biggest thing. I think we only have, no, there's two today, I think, but the biggest thing, number one, most important, identify the biggest stronghold that's holding you back. Identify the biggest stronghold holding you back. Is it, I'm not good enough? Is it, uh, my past is too bad? Like, uh, you don't know what I've done. You know how many times I've heard that? I did worse. can't trust people. I'm always going to battle my weight. I'm always going to be not good with money. I'm just not wired that way. I can't get close to God. I've tried. It doesn't work. I'm never going to have a job that I love. All my relationships break down because of something. Something always goes wrong. What's the biggest stronghold that's holding you back. Those negative thoughts that come in from the enemy, I believe, can actually change the chemical makeup of your brain. Every thought that you have creates a neurochemical change in your body. Whenever you have a new thought about something, that is going to create a neural pathway. Any new thought that you have, A neural pathway is created, which is just like these billions of pathways and little roads that are in your brain. It's like a little groove being formed for the first time. Your brain does this to try to be efficient because, well, if if they have that thought again, I'm going to be faster at processing it. And if it wears a groove over time, we'll be able to, to knock this thing out. Every thought that you have creates this this pathway, if it is a positive thing, a good thing, a thing that you like, it releases a little thing called dopamine. Dopamine is awesome. Dopamine is the thing that people chase after a lot of times in the wrong 
in the wrong restaurant. <laughs> and so if somebody says, oh, I really like your hair, dopamine. Oh, I got lots of comments and likes on my post, dopamine. When my wife texts me and says, she's thinking about me, she can't wait till I get home, uh, you're so handsome, dopamine. And the more often you think a certain thought, the easier that thought is to think again. It starts wearing a path. And so the first time you go through the woods, you've got to break through all kinds of branches, and, and it is not easy at all. But you keep going through there, and all of a sudden you are carving a path. Look what I've been making. The more often you think a thought, the easier it is to think it again. This is by default. So if there's a, a baby, this starts right away. You're a baby and you smile at mommy. Mommy smiles back. Baby gets this little path worn in. A, a neural pathway goes, hmm, mommy likes smiling. I like the, when she smiled back at me, so I'm going to smile. Baby at some point pinches his or her hand in the car door. Immediately, that is bad, not dopamine at all. Do not like, do not want. Pathway created, don't do that thing again. It's going to hurt. We didn't like that. Baby decides baby wants a sucker, but mom says no. And so baby cries. And some moms give in and give them the sucker. The pathway that just got created is if they say no, cry, keep going until you get that thing that you want. It's just getting grooved in. If you're a person filled with negative thoughts, critical thoughts, you have been creating unhealthy, un unhelpful neurological pathways in your brain. This is where we are, where we need to capture those thoughts and start to create a new path in our brain. When you have positive thoughts about the same thing, you start wearing down that other path. Like you start kind of maybe kicking leaves back over it. You start putting things in the way. When you think a positive thing, into one of those thoughts is again that that dopamine is gonna bing you're gonna get this surge it's a it's a legal one of the only legal rewards you can get a chemical buzz and so you have to you have to decide which which pathway you're gonna be be carving you have a frust frustrating day at work um, are you gonna cause chaos when you get home are you gonna yell and scream you know, that's one of the things that if, if things are stressful with work for me, man, it sucks for my kids. And the thing that I've been trying to do, um, <laughs> I, and I said it with my, my little daughter, Claire, uh, just several weeks ago. She said after school, how was your day? I said, it sucked. Uh, can I have a hug? She's like, yeah. 
was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a hug instead of blowing up about something when she spills the chocolate milk in five minutes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for a hug instead. I'm gonna pause, I'm gonna pray, I'm gonna ask for a hug when I'm struggling. What if I'm feeling bad about myself? Normally, that means kettle chips, that means Taco Bell trip, that means like when things are going bad, I'm like, well, one thing I know I can control are the 9,000 calories I'm about to smush. What if instead of that I go for a walk, I work out, I go outside and chop wood. If you're bored, you're going to scroll through Instagram, you're going to find people that you're jealous of, or you're going to feel like a loser, because I, I still, no matter what, I just, man, I still don't look like Uncle Jesse from Full House. Like, it, why don't I? Or are you going to try to create a, a, a different pathway? These things can break down strongholds. To think in a different way, you start to forge a new path in your brain. And the more you walk that path, the easier it becomes to travel. The more you stay off of that old path, it, weaker, it weakens, it grows over. The harder it is to think that thought again. You know, I used to think thoughts hundreds of times a day that I never think anymore. That they're gone. That I don't know where that path is anymore. That path doesn't make any sense because the light of Christ, the truth of the word of God has been shined on this new path and that old statement in my head doesn't fit anymore. It doesn't work. So I'll try to bring it up. I'm going, well, that's kind of ridiculous because my God will never leave me or forsake me. And so... You have to identify the biggest stronghold that's holding you back. I would say just one thing. The biggest stronghold that's holding you back could be, I'm not lovable. I'm, not, I'm never going to be good enough. I don't deserve anything good. Um, I'm always going to be broke. There are haves and have nots. I'm in the nots. There are kind of four big categories that I think these strongholds fall into. Uh, helplessness where you feel like you're helpless and you're stuck. Um, hopelessness, where you feel like it can't get any better. It's just always going to be this hard. Worthlessness, where you feel like you are bad and that you deserve the bad things that are happening to you. Or point, pointlessness, where... What's the purpose of any of it anyways? What, why even try? And so you identify the biggest stronghold, the, the second part of it, to begin demolishing that stronghold, is you name the truth that demolishes that stronghold. You name the truth that demolishes that stronghold. Here's the thing about strongholds that the enemy builds. The door's unlocked. Like it's always unlocked. And so if you're ever stuck in that place, just recognizing that you have a, a, a choice to be able to leave whenever you want, uh, 
Again, 2 Corinthians says, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Identify the stronghold. Name it. Because you cannot defeat what you cannot define. And so you got to name it. Like you have to go, okay, my thing is... And for most of us, we're going to say something like, well, it sounds stupid. It's not really that big of a thing. Does half of your paycheck leave to go to lottery tickets every week? Stronghold. And so it says we take captive every thought. Take captive is a war term. It means to capture an enemy with a spear or a sword. We take them captive. It's grabbing someone by the scruff of their coat and kind of marching them forward with the sword poking into their back. You have them now. They are captive to you. In the kingdom of God, the weapons of war that we use, they're not like the weapons of this world. We only have one offensive weapon that is named, and it's the sword, the word of God. What weapon do we use? We use the truth, the word that's written in the scriptures about God, about who he is, about who we are, about the way that he sees us and feels about us, about our standing in his family. And so a, a stronghold might be something like, I'm, I'm just not enough. Like, I'm not enough. Taking that thought captive, I've had to do this one in particular because I struggled with the thought again and again and again and again that I'm just not enough. And so... I had to take that thought captive. What that ended up meaning for me is finding the truth in it. I went, you know what? I'm not enough. I'm not. I'm only enough with Christ. I'm not supposed to be enough. I don't have to be enough. He's got all the other parts to fill in all the gaps that I have. I'm not going to be enough. But with him, I'm more than enough. 2 Peter chapter 1 says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. So I'm like, am I enough? No, I'm not. But His divine power gives me everything I need for a godly life. John chapter 8 says, Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Are you captive to anything? Find out the truth about that thing that you're captive to. Find out the truth about that stronghold, and the truth will set you free. You'll find that the door is unlocked. And so you embrace the truth, and you open the door, and you can be free. Yours might be, I just can't get it all done. Yeah, that's probably true. You're right. But you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. You can't get it all done. Maybe you're thinking, I'm just not, I'm not attractive enough. I don't like the way I look. 
The truth of God says you are fearfully and wonderfully made. That you're exactly the way that he intended for you to be. If you're feeling miserable, the truth that the joy of the Lord is your strength. If you feel all alone, the truth of his word that says my God is with me and he'll never leave me. If you are feeling like a victim, that the word says you're an overcomer. That you're not who the enemy says you are. Your life will move in the direction of the things that come into your mind. Here's what I want to finish and close with today. I'm going to give you a few examples because I want... You know, and I'm not saying everybody has one of these things. I was messed up from the chest up. Like, and stuff that I thought I got rid of years ago, it'll try to creep back in. And it just, like, I had every issue imaginable. And so there were strongholds all over the place. And so I'm going to give some, some examples that might help you think might help to create a new neural pathway in your brain and, and renew your mind. Um, maybe you're a person who's struggling to know what God's will is, and you're stuck with that, and it kind of leads to bad pathways of, God doesn't have a purpose for me. Here's what the, the truth is about you, that your life belongs to God, that daily... You can seek him and daily he will direct your steps that you can know his voice and he will lead you to his perfect will. Maybe you lack confidence. I want you to know that your confidence is in Christ and Christ alone. Because his spirit lives within you and you can do everything that he calls you to do. He wouldn't call you to do it if he wasn't going to be there to help you accomplish it and see it to the end. Maybe you're fighting lustful thoughts, that you're not a slave to those, because God has purified your mind, and you can honor him with your eyes and your thoughts, and he's going to be faithful. Even if you're tempted, he's always going to give you a way out. Maybe you're one of the people like me and you find comfort too much comfort in food just that when I'm stressed I can turn to God and not turn to food I can come to Jesus because he's the thing that I really need in him I find strength and more comfort than any chili cheese burrito can ever bring maybe you're battling worry you can know that because of Christ you don't have to be anxious about anything because you can cast your cares on God and know that he cares for you. You can have the peace of God dwelling in your heart and ruling in your mind. And know that he's for you and not against you. If you all would please stand. I've written out some declarations. These declarations are some, some statements some truths about God and about you that are in his word 
and I want to read them over you and speak them over you. If anyone has kind of pictured or you've named it in your mind, a stronghold that's over you that is, you know, it's holding you back from what God has for you. One of these may be for you. And so if you just want to close your eyes, I'm going to read these and if one of them is for you, you just grab it. You grab it and you hold on to it and you know that it's true. You are strong and mighty. You have the same power that raised Christ from the dead living inside of you. You are a weapon of righteousness in a world of darkness. You're not your past. You're not what you did. You're not where you've been. You are who God says you are. And he says you're forgiven. He says you're redeemed. He says you're free. You're not a hostage to unhealthy thoughts. The weapons that you fight with are not weapons of this world. You have divine power to demolish strongholds. You have the mind of Christ directing your thoughts, and you have the word of God directing your steps. Worry is not your master. You trust in God. His peace guards your heart, it guards your mind, and it guards your soul in Christ Jesus. Your God has not given you a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. The Lord is your helper, and you will not be afraid. You're not a slave to your habits. You are not a prisoner to your addiction. You've been rescued from the power of darkness and brought into the kingdom of God's light. Your God will bless you abundantly so that in all things and at all times, having everything that you need, you'll abound in every good work. Nothing, nothing, nothing can separate you from God's love. Not death, not demons, not Satan, not the present or the past. No power on earth will ever separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You are loved and you are wanted. You are not a mistake. You are worthy of everything he has for you. You are invited to sit at his table and share in his kingdom and live in his glory for eternity.
you are a son or daughter of the Most High King. You are royalty. And you have an inheritance coming. Lord Jesus, we thank you for these truths. We thank you for your word. We thank you that we have a supernatural power to demolish strongholds. We thank you for new pathways being able to show up in our brain. We just say, come Holy Spirit. The things that have been built up brick by brick, you're here to demolish. Thank you that we recognize that there's a battle that rages on, but we've won the war. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Pray that you bless these people. Give them favor. Make them strong and courageous. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you guys. If you would like to receive prayer for anything at all, You can come up here over by the cross and we'll have some people who would love to pray for you for anything. God bless you. For more information about Vineyard Westside, please visit vineyardwestside.com.